Thank you for tuning in to this podcast, where conversations with basketball and the center is right up our alley. I'm your host, Lorenzo Sison, but it's Enzo for short, and this is B Street. Yeah, yeah. I wanna reach the pylon. Pull up and skirt with a python. Pull up and stay with a viper. Never like snakes, they swiper. I get a wife, I marry. Open the door, explorer. Walk in a room. No fruit of the noon. I'm just dancing. I'm just prancing. More advancing. Less romantic. I'm just dancing. I'm just prancing. More advancing. Less romancing. What's up, y'all? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of B Street, episode four. I really appreciate all the support and all the listens. I really, really, really appreciate it. I'm going to do this episode differently. I will not be having a guest. Um, the reason is I want to talk about the Philippine scene, the Filipino basketball scene, and I don't really know anyone here at the moment that you know knows it either as well as I do or just knows about it even like the bare minimum I guess like the people I know that know about basketball in the Philippines anyway just know that's a big thing and know maybe like a few teams and that's it so I decided it was best you know um, if I was going to talk about this topic or you know just about the Philippine basketball scene I was going to do it alone so um, that's why I'm not having a guest today, um, but I will be having guests in the future, so stay tuned for that. Um, I want to start out this podcast with an article that I actually read a couple days ago. Um, it was written by Sid Ventura, and it was basically talking about how the PBA, the Philippine Basketball Association, that's our basketball league in the Philippines, how it could be an option for NBA prospects who want to skip college. And, you know, lately it's been a big discussion, you know. Um, why do they have to sit out one year? Um, why do, you know, the one and dones? oh, you know, it's destroying college basketball. Uh, so they're they've been trying to come up with solutions, you know, um, and there are players that would, rather than playing college for a year here in the States, they would go somewhere else, like um, Emmanuel Moudier when he went to China to play for a year, and then he came back, and then he got drafted in, I think, the top 10 or something like that. Um, another player is, what's his name? Ferguson, I think what something Ferguson. Um, I think he played in Australia. Yeah, he played in Australia for a year, and he ended up, you know, being picked in the first round. So you know, people the people in the NBA have been looking to see, you know, what other leagues could be a viable option for, you know, NBA prospects. Because after Ferguson got drafted, um, the Australian League, you know, got so much exposure from it that they launched the a Next Stars program, which, you know, requires all their teams to open an extra roster spot just to draft eligible players like Ferguson. Um, so there was a conversation how about 
how the PBA could be a viable option. Um, the only problem is for NBA prospects, you need to be, I think, 19 years old, right? Or a year removed from your high school um, graduation. In the Philippines, it's actually 23? I want to say 23? Yeah, 23. Um, or four years removed, I think, from high school. Um, you hardly see anyone in Duns here in the Philippines. Maybe someone plays three years and then goes to the league. You don't ever see a one and done here. Also because there are like schools before the whole K-12 thing was adapted by the whole country. There are people graduating at like 16 or like 17. Um, so usually you'd finish college at like 2021. 20, so, you know, if you were one and done, you'd be playing in the league at like what, 17? That's, you know, it's kind of insane to think about them. Um, but yeah, you know, it's the age difference is the biggest thing because, you know, just the rookies, we'd, you know, you'd want them to be 23. I think recently they changed it to 21. Um, yeah, they, they brought it down to 21, like maybe four years ago, four or five years ago. Um, but still, you know, 21, 19, that's still, still a big gap. Or even they'd be 18 if they were to play in the PBA fresh out of high school. But if you're looking at all the imports. If you guys don't know how Philippine basketball works, every season there are three conferences. And each conference, there's an, you get different import, uh, import player. And the first conference is an all-Filipino league where it's just the Philippine teams with their Filipino players or even the Philippine players, you know, who are in the league. Um, they play in that conference. And after that, they have a no height limit import, I think. And then a, I want to say 6-6 or a 6-5 limit for import for the last conference. Um, and usually, you know, you're looking for only that one player. And usually this player needs to, like, dominate the game. Where You know, they're not looking for a player who's, you know, still trying to find out what his strengths are. And most of the guys that y you would normally see as imports or guys would experience guys that, you know, would drive the team to a championship. And these imports, they don't usually always go with the team. So usually they're like new team, new, uh, the import would always be with the new team. Well, usually anyway. Um, so you don't have a lot of time to, experiment and be like oh um the chemistry doesn't work and then if that doesn't happen then you get a new import and at that you know there are only what 12 teams in the pba and that's a double round robin robin so that's 22 games and that's not a lot of games and like you're making a decision right away to be like oh yeah i'm gonna I'm I'm put you in and like four games later you can see they change uh they would change the import right away just because, oh, you know, we still have 18 games left. I think a new import will help us make the championship. Um, and if that happens to a college player, uh, no, to a high school player, fresh off high school, who, you know, forego their college year and want to spend it uh, overseas, 
let's say that happens, you know, to an 18-year-old, doesn't want to go to college, goes to the Philippines, becomes an import for games, isn't showing any progress, it would really suck for for him to be out of a job just because he didn't do well for four games. Um, as much as I'd like to see NBA players play in the Philippines or even like use the Philippine Basketball Association as a stepping stone to their NBA career, I just don't see it happening anytime soon. Um, if, let's say they were to go undrafted, and let's say, you know, put their name in, go undrafted, finish the four years of college, and go back, uh, they, can't, they, they can't go back to school, um, the D-League is an option, but you're not really getting much money. The only thing you're getting really is hoping that they call you up. Um, but I would like to think that the PBA at that point would be a viable option for that player. Um, but if you're just talking about fresh out of high school, I don't know. It needs to be a special type of player. And if it is a special type of player, I don't see why that person will forego a year of college. Like, if you're looking at Zion right now, or R.J. Barrett, right, the top two collegiate um, prospects from the last class, high school class, I mean, um... Yeah, I could I could see them like being an import um in the Philippines. Will they be dominant? I don't know because the guys that they'll be playing against, you know, will be um definitely be taller than, than they are. If they're let's say playing in the last conference where it's like a 6-7 cutoff or a 6-6 cutoff, um assuming that, you know, they reach the height measurement, the height limit, um I think they they would do well, but again, like they're like so there's such a special type of player um, that I do not see them foregoing their year of college basketball. Because right now, Zion and RJ are working under the greatest NCAA coach of all time, which is Coach K, undeniably. Um, and being able to play under a coach who has coached NBA players with uh, the Olympic team and also ha has experience training young guys to go to the league after their first year, I would definitely go with that option. Um, hopefully, you know, if it happens, I, w I would definitely not complain. You know, it puts PBA in the map puts Philippine basketball on the map. And as I said in previous, uh, in the previous episode, um, basketball is super, super big in the Philippines. Um, but, you know, with that said, uh, I want to transition a little bit to another topic that I want to talk about, um, which is Phil Ams or Filipino-Americans who want to play in the Philippines. 
um, I came across an article not too long ago by uh, Phil Morrison, who played in the Philippines with uh, the Moralco Bolts, and um, he had like a part three, a part three, a three part, he had a three part blog um, or three part article on his experience, you know, leaving home to play in the Philippines, the whole draft situation, the whole contract signing. Um, and really, like, do you know about the dark, the dark spots of the PBA? Um, but you don't really know how severe it is until you're really in it. Obviously, you know, I'm not in that situation, so I don't really know. So um, I've heard rumors and, you know, I know people that work in there. Um, so I know that some of the stuff that was mentioned, if not all the stuff, you know, does happen. Um, but before I go into that, I just want to say that, you know, Phil Americans can play in the Philippines, um, play in the Philippine League. There are several like uh, Willie Miller, we have um, Marshall Lasseter, Chris Ross, um, just to name a few. And recently, uh, there was a player named, uh, there is a player named Troy Reich, who actually graduated from Wake Forest last year, I mean last May, and played for our national team. For the cadets, and he's now playing. He played in college for like a year um, before deciding to enter the uh, the draft. So it's a very viable option for you know Filipino Americans who want to play basketball. Um, but obviously, you would need to be a Filipino citizen, and that whole thing is you know. It's a, it's a process. <laughs> Let me just say that, um, because it, you know it, it requires you to. First of all, Filipino traffic sucks, man. Like, it's so funny being here in America, and people are like, "Oh man, it's so traffic." And I'm like looking out, and the cars are moving, and I'm like, "Uh, traffic." Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, like, when I'm talking traffic, like, something that would take you usually 15 to 20 minutes, like, it would take you, like, two, three hours to get from one spot to another. That's, like, the traffic you're dealing with in the Philippines. And Phil Morrison was just talking about how he had, for the draft process, he needed to get his papers, you know, he had to get his papers in order, and... He was just stuck in traffic all the time, driving from his place to um, to submit to where he needed to submit his papers, and basically to to play in the Philippines, not as an import. You need to be a Filipino citizen. If you you have a parent that is a Filipino citizen, you should be able to play in the Philippines. You should. Um, you're going to have a lot of paperwork to do. They're going to be very finicky about it. But 
you should be able to do it. Um, that's why, you know, for Filipino Americans that play here in the States, it's like, oh, you know, I'm not making the NBA. I'm not making um, the D-League. Or, you know, they make the D-League, but they're not making the jump. Or they're playing overseas and jumping from contract to contract. They're like, you know what, I just want to have a stable... Um, not, obviously, you know, the industry, it's not always going to be stable, but it's a more stable option, I guess, um, to just play for, play in the Philippines, uh, play in the Philippines. Um, and first of all, I just want to say that I love the PPA. I grew up watching the PPA and I have a ton of respect for all the players and for most of the coaches, <laughs> for most of the coaches uh, in the league, uh, I'm, for those who don't know, I'm a big talking Text fan, Tropang Texters, those are my guys. Growing up, my favorite guy to watch was Jimmy Alapag, Mighty Mouse, he is the man, yo. Jimmy, and then, you know, the blur came along. Castro, he's oof. Oh man, oh man, I can go all day. I can go all day, and uh, and Coach Chad as a coach, and RDO, and Ali Peak. That was the team right there. Larry share repping the Blue Eagles. Yeah, yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I love the Philippines, but there are some glaring flaws in the association. And if you're wanting the PBA to be a viable option for NBA prospects, I think there's, you know, a lot of stuff that you need to fix. Um, especially because once it's out there, it's going to be hard, especially with the media and the internet right now. One bad exposure, it's, it's tough to recover from. So one of the things that Phil pointed out was that there's a team, actually several teams, that are under basically two businessmen. So there are six of the 12 teams are just under two companies. Um, the San Miguel Corporation owns San Miguel, Magnolia, and Hinebra, while the rival MVP owns... Talkin Text, Enlex, and Meralco. Um, the problem with having one owner for three organizations is you will clearly have an advantage over the other teams that only have one owner. Um, when you're when you have a player, let's say you know really really good player, but just doesn't fit the system. Like, oh, you know, I'm just going to trade him. But you will have favor over the other teams that you own because they're your teams. And, you know, if they do well, then you do well. Um, I don't know, you know, how easy this is to fix or, you know, what's a viable option here. You know, an obvious one would be for, um, for a pol policy to be passed that one company, one team but it's i don't know it's it's going to be hard for the owners to let go of the teams um 
but if that's not going to happen there you know there there has to be clear rules set out to differentiate one team from another because you know yeah you might have different gms but if you have the same guy paying you you do what he wants you know um so if you're under those six teams <laughs> you're a lucky player and chances are you're going to be well taken care of um so that's you know just one of the problems of the pba which i hope they will work to find a solution um to how to help the other six teams be successful because of the past uh conference championships you know majority of the winners are from those six teams and there are only two teams that have one um one is alaska and the other one is rain or shine and you can clearly see that the advantage is with the six teams um the three teams are under the businessmen um so it, it would just be great if there could be a one team you know one company one team policy obviously it's going to be hard for a business uh a business to let go of a franchise you know that they worked hard to build but you know it's just the reality that it's got to be fair because you can't expect these guys to come in and just settle yeah you know we're not going to do well because we're not under the MVP programs or we're not under the um San Miguel programs uh you know we have saying in the Philippines called bilogang bola which means the ball is round meaning everyone has a chance to win but if you're in the PBA and you're not in one of those six teams chances are the ball isn't round and it's not in your favor um so that's that, that's one of the things I just want to bring up uh another one another issue that I want to bring up is there is no players union so when the players get screwed money wise they have to keep their mouth shut because again there's no union to um to help them out or to make sure that they get justice and with no union you listen to your boss and if they undercut you then they undercut you uh then they undercut you cuz you can't do anything if you do something you're fired it's that simple um there needs to be a player union i can't believe that there isn't one yet um the pay gap is kind of big and i don't think there is a defined line where you know in the NBA there's like oh you know a minimum veteran gets this much um i think in the philippines it's just a minimum contract and a max contract and which i think is pretty low like a max contract in the philippines is what 500 500,000 um 500,000 pesos per month which is I don't know, roughly 10,000. So it'll be like 10,000 a month. Um, let me get my calculator out real quick. <laughs> um, yeah, roughly uh, 9,500. Um, that's pretty low. 
and it's low because they haven't been changing it. And the reason why there wasn't, there isn't really a need to change it is, and this is a well-known fact is there is money being given under the table. Um, and you know, you get bonuses that aren't on the contract and it's, it's just a mess. Like the payment, the payment situation is just a mess. Um, when you start having a strict governing body that makes sure that, you know, everything is followed, then, you know, this situation will be rectified. But the whole uh, problem with that is half of the league is basically owned by two tycoons, two businessmen, and it's sort of, I wouldn't say like all the policies are in their favor, but usually they have more of a say to... um to the policies and, you know, what the owners want. Um, I think a big way to fix this is to get a player's union. Like, how hard is that? You know, you get a bunch of guys together to fight for their salary, for what they earn. Um, And that way, there won't be money under the table. Um, there will be reports of, you know, how much is getting paid. Like here in the, in the U S like everything is released. All the, uh, reports, the, the, how much a coach gets, how much a player gets per month. Like you see it, like it's on a website, you look it up and it's right there. Um, the Philippines, it's not as public. I don't know. I've not tried looking up. Um, a specific person's salary, but you know when I l- tried searching, it's like oh you know who gets paid the most. There's a list, but it doesn't say the exact amount, and that's what I'm saying. Because if they say the exact amount, then they would know that there's money under the table. Um, but I'm not against these players getting more money. I think they do deserve more money. I think the max five hundred thousand is a big big undercut. Um, but I think the having a players union will sort of deal with the situation. And so if you know it 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 just helps the little guy. You know, if you these guys work so hard and they put so much time and effort to just be dictated how much they're going to earn. And you know, here not just here actually, throughout the world, you know, you'd have strikes and you know people would stop working. Um, I think that's one of the things that they're trying to avoid in the Philippines is, you know, when there was a lockout here in the NBA, there was no games, but lockouts or strikes with athletes are way, way more valuable because you can't just replace someone to do their job. Um, But I think, you know, having this player union really is essential. If you're wanting to attract, you know, NBA players, um, NBA prospects, sorry, or you know just veteran players you need a player players union to sort of you know fight for the player salary um 
but you know, you know let me know what you think like in the comments or hit, hit me up on instagram or email me um let me know what you think about this topic um i'm very interested to see and to hear you know what, what you guys have to say or what you guys think about this whole situation um with all that said again that's why i started with saying you know i love the pva because i do you know i do love the pva and i'm going to say it again i love it i love the atmosphere i love the fans i love watching the games it's absolutely incredible an incredible incredible country to play the sport of basketball um and with that said besides the pba we also have college leagues and uh, the UAAP, which is one of the conferences in the Philippines, um, they just finished the semifinals, and the finals is set, and it's going to be a best of three, and it's between uh, the Ateneo Blue Eagles, who are the defending champions, and this is crazy. They were a dark horse coming in, but UP, the University of the Philippines, made it to the finals, which is insane to think about they came in last last year last place to making the finals think about that That, that's crazy um i knew that they were going to be good this year i didn't know they were going to be this good this year uh next year they're going to be incredible they have a player uh well this year they have a player named bright who's the mvp um they have juan gomez deliano who you know watching him um, and the Phil Oil, amazing player. Um, and, you know, you have Paul Desiderio, who's their captain, also a good player. Next year, you're going to be able to add Kobe Paras, who I did mention on this uh, podcast before, and Richie Overo, which is... Woo! I'm excited to see what UP is going to do with their roster next year. Um, but, yeah, they will be playing the Ateneo Blue Eagles, who... Our favorites. Let's let's be honest. They are favorites, um, but yeah, I think it will be a tough series. Um, just because I think you know UP just plays with so much heart. Um, Athenaeo should not just be complacent, even though they did beat them twice in the round robins. But I think it will be going down to. A game three. Yeah. The biggest thing for UP to remember, I think, is to not get into foul trouble. Don't get into foul trouble because Ateneo is super deep. If they start getting into foul trouble um, and it becomes like a bench battle, then Ateneo is definitely going to win. Especially, you know, if you if UP plays the way... If the UP plays Ateneo the way they played in the semifinals... Ateneo's going to win two games. It's that simple. Um, but to say who I think is going to win, I think it's going to be the Blue Eagles. I think UP will win one game, maybe even game one. Um, but I think Ateneo has this in the bag. Um, if there is a player, I think, who will be, like, the player to watch. Um, well, first of all, Blue Eagles roster... They have very, very talented guys. Um, Kwame, who was the runner-up for the MVP, and who was also the Rookie of the Year, 
Uh, you have Matt Nieto, who is an amazing point guard. You have Thirdy Ravenna, who they call the Superman. Um, watch his highlights, and you know why they call him Superman. Um, and the guy who I think is going to be the difference for Ateneo is Isaac Go. Um, he's a big man, but he can also shoot. And he's actually, his shot last year is what, you know, brought Ateneo to win the championship. Um, Isaac's ability to stretch the floor, I think, will be very, very important to Ateneo. And if he's, you know, if he plays efficiently, he doesn't need to drop big numbers. But if he just plays efficiently, I think Ateneo will have a really, really, really good chance. Um, but, you know, Catch the Games is going to be really, really fun to watch. I can't wait to watch it myself. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I did study in, in Ateneo for like a year, but no bias. No bias here. <laughs> uh, I, I really do think Ateneo's got this in the bag. Um, but, you know, speaking of basketball games, you know, the Philippines actually just played a game not too long ago, um, a few hours ago, actually. They played... Kazakhstan um, for the FIBA Asia qualifiers um, in I think it was the first episode I mentioned how there are a bunch of players that were suspended because of the brawl that happened with Australia and until now they're sort of being hampered by it because there's still players that are not playing at the moment because you know it's still suspended um, they lost a hard-fought game against Kazakhstan. I think they lost by four points. It was 92-88. They could have had that. Um, the question is, should they panic? <laughs> um, if you guys don't know, the Philippines entered this round in the second place. They lost two games to Australia, but they beat Japan and Chinese Taipei. Um, I think they were tied with Iran. Yeah, they were tied with Iran for second place. Um, and so far, the Philippines lost to Iran. Iran, Iran. <laughs> you take your pick. Um, lost to them. They beat Qatar. But then they lost to Kazakhstan. Japan, who only had two wins. Yeah, they only had two wins in the past round. They beat Chinese Taipei and Australia. Um, made it to the next round. But so far, they beat Iran, Kazakhstan, and Qatar. So they're 3-0. So the Philippines and Japan right now are tied. Um, and the question is, am I worried? Should you know the Philippines panic? I don't think so. If Well, first of all, Japan had Rui Hachimura, who... If you guys don't know, he now plays for Gonzaga. He actually has been playing for Gonzaga. Um, because it was the summer, uh, Japan had him in their disposal. Now that you know he's playing in with the Zags, he won't be able to play. So I'm not worried. Um, Japan will beat Qatar. I don't think they can beat Kazakhstan again. I don't think they can beat Iran again. Um, so I think their, you know, their record at the end of it all will be... Uh, they're five four right now, so I think they'll go one and two. So I think they're gonna be uh, six six. Um, 
for the Philippines, if we can just go either one and two or two and one, we don't need to sweep. I think we'll still be fine. Um, I don't know if we can take Iran. Iran has a great team. Kazakhstan, I believe that we can take him. Um, and Qatar, I definitely think we can take him. The biggest thing right now is the players that stepped in to play for the Philippines as other guys were suspended. Um, do you leave some of them in? Do you take all of them out? Do you keep the original roster? Um, you know what 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 you're gonna do with it? what what are you gonna do with that? Um, I think that there are some players from that roster. I'm sorry. Uh, I think there are players from that new roster that should stay, that have done well, uh, namely Stanley Pringle, who has done amazing for Gilas, who should be able to stay. Um, there are players that I believe should come back when they, you know they are available to come back, like Jason Castro, because he is a difference maker in any team. Um, But, you know, we're getting, as some of the suspended players are coming out, I really think they should do a mix and match. And, again, I'm not worried. I'm not worried with what we can do. I think we will qualify. Um, I mean, there are seven spots, so I think we'll be fine. And I don't know how good we will be um, in the World Cup, but we'll put up a fight. I, I believe that we will do better than last time. I hope. We do better than last time. There were so many games where we should have won. Uh, namely, that Argentina game. Ooh, man. For all you Filipino listeners out there who watched that game. And that was hard to watch. Because we had them, too. We had them. Oh, man. And uh, Puerto Rico. That Puerto Rico game. Ooh. But, you know, it was a good experience. And, you know, there are guys coming back. Uh, like Gabe Norwood and Lasseter. Uh, Jason Castro, you know, who was in that team there. I'll be coming back, and, you know, that's a good experience for them. So, if you guys have any questions about, you know, the Philippine scene or any comments about what it's like in the Philippines or what's the scene like, um, if there are, like, 12 teams and how is it like when they're all, in like, in the same city, you know, ask any questions. I will answer them. I will try to answer it as quick as I can, you know, get back to you guys, and I will get back to you guys. But, yeah, that was episode four. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Let me know what you think again. Um, before I finish, I want to say that you guys can help sustain this podcast for future episodes with a small monthly donation using Anchor. Any amount will help. I really, really appreciate all your support. All the descriptions, all the lists will be in the description. Um, everything I said, my email, my Instagram, everything will be there. Um, be sure to... Check out the other episodes. I have three episodes out right now. And in the future, let's say I have like 20 out and this is the first one you're listening to, please check out my other episodes. Uh, I'm going to be releasing an episode every Friday at midnight uh, using Anchor. So I, come, I release using Anchor and it will be out at Anchor at midnight, but with other platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google, Google Podcasts, Spotify, usually they say it takes 24 hours. But it usually just takes um, 12 hours. 
Um, but yeah, appreciate you guys listening and uh, tune in for the next episode. That's romantic. I'm gonna reach the pylon, pull up and skirt with a python, pull up and start with a python. Why they got their eyes on me and you and me and you, your mama and your cousin too. Ain't too much of a big boy, but I got like three snacks. Ooh, ooh, we. I'm speak French, I say less, say la vie, I hate stress. And then I sip that French press, slap into my fragrance. I got smile, but it don't last. I got life, but it's gonna pass. I got flesh. But it reek, yeah. I got flesh, but it's weak. Dinner rolls, but I don't eat. I got much to say, but I don't speak.